by and large, we make good choices when things are going well for us. However, in any kind of a real life of growth and development, in a life that's personally rewarding, actually, you are going to be challenged. You're going to step out of your comfort zone to develop your business, to start your business, to collaborate with others, to ask for business. Much of being a success is making courageous decisions and it's managing your own mind. This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ the Big Guy. Hi, it is Russ the Big Guy. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur who is very familiar with the struggles and successes related to running a business. I know it is definitely worth the struggle. The freedom and unlimited potential keep me moving forward, fueled by my why. Aligned with that is my desire to share with you, the entrepreneur and aspiring business owner, entertainment, information, inspiration, and even transformation into an even more amazing entrepreneur and human. To those ends, please enjoy this episode of Going Boldly. Oh my God. <laughs> well, here we are in the recording studio. Welcome, listener. Uh, Murphy's Law is in full effect tonight. Um, uh, and I'm going to have to re-record the opening because uh, I bumped the microphone. <laughs> maybe I'll leave. Maybe I just leave it in at this point. Um, uh, so I'm up here in the podcast studio and uh, just did. Uh, oh gosh, probably 30 minutes of an amazing interview. Never pressed record. Apparently, when we regrouped, my guests' poor computer crashed, <laughs> and so here we are. Wishing that I had broken out the Guinness uh, in advance of this, but. Um, uh, and you'll and you'll know why in a minute. Uh, we have a great guest tonight. It's Eric Winters, and uh, he's an Englishman. He got sick of the uh, cold and rainy weather up there in the Great Britain area, and found the nice sunny shores of Australia. He is the director of Leaders for Life and author of Swipe Right on Your Best Self. He has a great sense of humor. He's an amazingly patient man. And uh, I mean, he was spitting some truth here. Um, and so we're all warmed up. Uh, Eric, welcome to the podcast. Russ, thank you for having me back. It's a, it's a... <laughs> again and again. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Okay. A pleasure, so, though. I am so pleased to be talking to you today. I've enjoyed you. your podcasts. Thanks. I listened to some while. I listened to them whilst walking by the seaside, Russ. I didn't really? tell you that earlier, did I? No, yeah. but I, oh, oh, I am honored. Yeah. That's like, yeah. that. you could I have listened to anything, sea. right? You could have. That was, that was the place to True. just listen to the sea. I am more appealing. Yeah than ocean surf. No, I'm looking at the surf as I listen to you. So I am, but I'm not getting in it. That's true. Oh. <laughs> I'm, okay. I, I'm English. The, the, the English are not fond of getting into water. <laughs> oh no, you get rained on all the time. It's, it's usually too cold no, up there. It's, don't, it's far don't. too cold and the beaches are made of rocks. Yeah. We, no, we don't do a lot of that. We don't do a lot. <laughs> but I do love to walk up and down the beach and uh, I'm not saying I'm always going li- to listen to your podcast yeah. to the complete exclusion all others for all eternity uh, no no but uh, yeah I, but i do from time to time yeah well that's good and uh, actually i'm honored so i really appreciate that and i know that you listened in in advance of the uh recording today but i will tell you that not every guest has uh i've had guests no. on here who have no idea what, what my podcast is about <laughs> And they're few and far between because those aren't the people I really want here. But, uh, okay, so our, uh, as usual, our listeners have no idea what's going on. Uh, aspiring entrepreneurs, uh, small business owners, Eric is here to educate you and inspire you. And and uh, and we're going to entertain you as well, as it turns out. And um, mm. tell our listeners why they should care what you have to say today, Eric. If your listeners truly are yeah, entrepreneurs, people kind of going alone, charting their own course, uh, creating their own lifestyle businesses, then they will know that this is not an easy path to, uh, to create. It's tough. Well, I I think tonight is a good example. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Things, things go wrong in life. And uh, yeah, we've, we really need to be able to uh, be flexible, be adaptive and uh, make intelligent decisions when things are tough. And that's what uh, I do in my work. I help leaders and business owners develop skills to manage their minds when they are challenged. No one needs help when things are going easy. When life's easy, when the orders are coming in, everybody wants what you've got, the phone's ringing off the hook. 
that does that does come with some other challenges. But by and large, we make good choices when things are going well for us. However, in a in any kind of a real life of growth and development, in a life that's personally rewarding, actually you are going to be challenged. You're going to step out of your comfort zone to develop your business, to start your business, to collaborate with others, to ask for business, to call out inappropriate behavior when you see it. Much of being a successful is making courageous decisions and it's managing your own mind. Uh, it's a, a combination of uh, skills of emotional intelligence and uh, courageous authenticity. And that's what I help uh, people to develop. It's skill building, skill building for a rewarding and personally meaningful life. As we were talking earlier, we had um, we were talking about maybe some specific incidents where a leader might say, wait, I, um, I'm not handling this correctly or I'm not... Uh, best equipped for this. I'm, I'm making some poor decisions or uh, the results that I'm getting are not what I want. So what are, what are some things that people can look for? Uh, people yeah. who are leaders. Uh, and we talked about leadership being um, not necessarily a title or a label or um, a position in a company, but uh, we all can be leaders, uh, leaders of um, ourselves or people around us. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, if, and especially if you're an entrepreneur or a small business owner, you know, it, the buck stops with you. Uh, so you really need to manage your energy, manage your focus. You, what are you going to prioritize? What are you not going to put off? And all of us, if, if you're a human being, there, there, are, there, are, there is what I call three human predicaments that conspire to hold us back from moving out of our comfort zones and doing what's difficult, making the hard calls, letting go of some business collaborations, uh, being, able, being willing to move forward to do what is important for the business, but personally challenging at the same time. And uh, a, a very good example of this is just procrastination. And there is no one that hasn't experienced procrastination. I might say that the foundation to getting better at anything is actually some humility and being willing to be honest with yourself. Uh, if you're not willing to put your hand up and say, yeah, actually there are times I put things off, then you know, there, there is very limited self-development available to you. But if we're willing to say, yeah, actually, you know what? There are times I get in my own way. I put off calls I should make today. I put off beginning new projects. It could be writing a book, offering a service, being seen, uh, perhaps networking. You know, I put these things off. Uh, what the, the first thing we need to do is to admit to ourselves the ways in which at times we get in our own way and we put off showing up as the kind of people we'd really like to be. That's the beginning, Russ. And I know that you talk about this in your podcast. It's just so important that uh, business owners and entrepreneurs understand their own values. And by values, I'm simply talking about what's important to them. Yes. What kind of person do you want to be? How do you want to show up? If you could author your own identity, and you can, if you were to design the kind of life you'd like to lead, not just the activities you're going to participate in, but how you're going to do them, the how. How do you want to show up? What matters to you? That's the foundation. Once we've done that, then we can begin to look at, okay, do I do I do that 100% of the time? Perhaps you say, I, I'd like to be a, a bold, courageous leader, going boldly mm -hmm. uh, out to, to share what I have. And, you know, in what ways do we not do that? How do we hold ourselves back? And we all do it. So I help people to develop the self-awareness to be honest with themselves. It's really an, an exercise in honesty and taking ownership of our lives, taking ownership of our lives, taking ownership for actually what do we care about? 
a lot of people just push to one side their, you know, their own personal dreams for how they'd like to live. We defer them in favor of keeping others happy. And uh, Boy, that, that isn't that come... the truth, right? That's uh, <laughs> that's a mouthful right there. A lot of yeah. pressure, a lot of pressure and expectations um, yes. from uh, uh, parents, If uh, even if you're an adult oh. now, from parents from when you were young, from society in general, from uh, a yes. spouse, from any uh, any outside sort of organization, an educational system, um, um, yep. you know, economy. Uh, you, you can list almost anything. And there's a pre- there's some can. sort of pressure and expectation, and there's there isn't a culture in the world that doesn't have uh, doesn't heap expectations upon its people, mm. and 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 subtly, but it tells you how you ought to comply. Well, we're indoctrinated. To, we're indoctrinated yeah, from when we're totally. kids uh, yes. in in we're our sunk. educational system, uh, especially. Yeah. Do you have croutons? Where you live, do you know what a crouton is? Is that a word that is meaningful? Uh, is, it, as in a, a small piece of toasted bread on a, on a salad yeah, or such? You, yeah. Well, well, you you could put it on a salad. Yeah. Uh, I know them as little bits of toasted bread that you put on a soup. You yeah. put it on soup. Absolutely. And when you put it, when you put your croutons on the soup, they soak up the soup. There's no way that that crouton can resist absorbing. You know the 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 chicken soup, yeah. the uh, the malagatawny soup, the vegetable soup, whatever it is, it absorbs it. And you and I, Russ, we're croutons. Are we croutons? I'm afraid oh, so. Freak. And so yeah. are your listeners. We right from the the word go when we emerged yeah. into this world, blinking and screaming, we started soaking up the expectations of society. So our and job is to, if, is to re-toast ourselves or to re-dehydrate uh, <laughs> ourselves, or, or what is it? <laughs> well, you can't get out of the, we've got to be very careful where we take this metaphor. You cannot get out of the soup because it's not going away. You know, the expectations oh. of others. Okay. But somehow you do need to chart your, I'm going to, I'm, I'm about to leave this metaphor. Okay, good. You, I, <laughs> I couldn't think of a, I couldn't think of how it would apply further than us being no. soaking wet with soup. Yeah, well, we've got we've got to make our own laps around that bowl of soup. And, <laughs> but listen, this is really this is really serious. There's yes. a, a palliative care nurse, uh, Russ, in Australia called Bronnie Ware, and she wrote a book called "The Top Five Regrets of the Dying." So she was taking care of people in their last few days, their last few weeks. And she heard from hundreds of people because people were really honest, really honest Mm -hmm. when you're on the the way. And she heard this is is the number one regret that she heard. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life that others expected of me. The number one regret of the dying. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life that others expected of me. Part of the work this, that we do together, you, you know, you and I are both doing is to uh, is to help people realize that they have a choice. So not every, yes. you know, you don't know what you don't know. Someone, uh, we have to come along and, and smack a few people and say, hey, <laughs> you, you can choose and, and here's some, here are yes. some tools. Yep, totally, absolutely, and we need to really to if we're going to avoid the number one regret of the dying, then we really need to decide first up. Okay, well, if I was going to live a life true to myself, it, what would that look like? You know, what would I prioritize? You know, not, not what my my culture or my community and my my parents say. Uh, a man of my age or a woman of my age. You know what we ought to be doing, what will be approved of by others, but actually, what would be personally meaningful to me? And sometimes there'll be good overlap. You know, sometimes actually, society will approve, but at other times, they won't. And doing that, actually diverging, being willing to build a business that's meaningful to you in a way that's meaningful for you, creating a brand that's meaningful to you, that is going to require courage. It doesn't come easy. It doesn't come easy. But luckily, courage isn't something that you've either got a certain amount of or you've, you know, you're stuck with genetically. Every single one of us, regardless of where you are on the spectrum, we can develop our capacity to take 
courageous actions to build businesses which are meaningful, personally meaningful to us, to live lives that are self-authored. And that's what authenticity is. It's self-authoring your own life and showing up that way more often. Not all the time. No one can be, uh, you know, the, 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 the person they'd most like to be all the time, but we can all get better at noticing when we're off course and choosing. Use that word choice earlier. So important. It is a choice. And we can all of us get better at becoming less automatic, less reactive, less defensive, and get better at kind of waking up out of our daydreams and choosing what we're going to do next, even when we're feeling a little anxious and a little afraid. Yes. And I like what you spoke about earlier, which, uh, of course, I neglected to record, but we were talking <laughs> about... Um, being in the moment, being in in the uh, in the present, mm. and uh, observing what you are feeling, what one is feeling, what one uh, what thoughts or what uh, what's happening, yes. right? When you are yes. faced with a problem that may be or, or or an obstacle or something where maybe you are not responding in the way you think you should or you would hope you will, um, or maybe yes. it's maybe it's as simple as that huge life decision where you are facing what possibly you feel is your purpose and um and it's going to take that huge change right and that is a and there's a reason they say gut wrenching because it's physically painful um at times uh i've been through one of those mm-hmm. changes where i i was literally had uh, literally was gut wrenching so Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why don't you t- talk a little bit about that? I, I like the way you explained it, and I think it would be a great tool for people to have a better understanding and uh, how to how to uh, navigate that process. Yes. So th- there is a there is a a sequence of steps that we can all take, and this is a a skill. So I'm, I'm not saying that this is easy. Just just do this, and suddenly you'll you'll be uh, astonishingly courageous in your business. But the, the, the something I didn't say earlier on, and I'd, I'd like to kind of emphasize this now is that it's it's natural for us all to live a lot of our lives on autopilot okay we spend about 50 percent of our waking lives in our heads russ we're not actually looking at the real world looking at things that are around us hearing what's around us but we're in our minds and we're we're remembering things in the past and we're planning the future what i'll say Oh, well, later on, I might, I'm just going to remember that. I've got to buy some milk. And uh, what if they don't have any milk? Oh, I might do this and I might do that. And I might say this to someone. What if they say that? So we endlessly rehearse in our heads what we're going to do in the future. And we endlessly dredge up things that have happened in the past. When we're in our heads, we are all very, very vulnerable to the thoughts that we have because our minds are very compelling uh, in creating a kind of internal virtual reality for us. So they, just talking about virtual reality for a moment, a friend of mine was at a, in a, an electrical store trying on a VR headset mm. and he knew what he was doing and he, he put this thing on and he was on the ground floor of this electrical store. And when he put it on the VR headset, he found himself catapulted to being at the top of a building. He was on the roof. Not only was he on the roof, yeah. he was on the edge of the roof, the edge. And he was able to look down over this precipice. And and uh, the the assistant, sales assistant said, just take a step forward, would you, sir? Because you, you know that you're uh, on the ground floor of an electrical store. And he goes, no way. <laughs> no, you're joking. You're, no. I'm not going forward because... Now, he had one part of his mind, his conscious mind, saying, you know, uh, it's perfectly safe. But another part of his mind was in this virtual reality. And it told him, if you take a step forward, there, there is certain doom. You will fall to your death. It was that real. Mm. And of, co- of course, when he took the headset off, he was able to go where he wanted to. But you and I, we also have a kind of virtual reality in our heads. And when we imagine phoning people up and asking to, to close the sale, asking for, to collaborate on a piece of work, 
we imagine being seen uh, on YouTube or networking. We imagine that in our heads, our minds are very, very good at creating quite compelling virtual realities in which we fall, in a sense, fall to our deaths, in which we are irre irrecoverably humiliated, embarrassed, perhaps, uh, that we fail in extraordinary ways. While we're in our heads, we are very much at the mercy of these disaster scenarios. So the first thing that we need to get good at is getting out of our heads and into the real world. We've got to step off that train of thought and get onto the platform of the present moment where we can choose what we're going to do. When you're in a train, that you go where the train's going. You are not the driver, you know, and you're at the mercy of the train. We all enter kind of trains of thought in which our mind, you know, I'm not saying the mind is always negative. You know, sometimes it imagines great things, you know, wonderful things happening, but it has a negativity bias, as you'll know well. It yes, tends yes, to yes. think, it just has a, a default leaning towards, yeah, we'd like that new business partnership, but how might it go horribly wrong? How might I look stupid? How might I be taken advantage of? all these kind of things. And it's quite compelling. So one of the skills in getting better at choosing, not just being taken where our train of thought wants to take us, but in choosing where we're going to go is getting out of our heads and into the present moment, the real world, the real world that's around us. And we need to develop, need to develop skills of noticing when we're on an unhelpful train of thought. We've got to notice our thoughts. We've got to get better at noticing what we're telling ourselves in real time. You know, what is it? So if you find yourself holding back from making a phone call, say, holding back from networking with people that it would be, it would be worthwhile getting to know holding back from submitting a proposal, whatever it is. When you notice yourself holding back, what's going on at that time? And that's a skill, getting better at noticing what you're telling yourself. But also, if you can't work out that you're telling yourself anything, just what are you feeling? And where are you feeling it? Just what do you notice in your body? We need to become observers of our experience. And the reason we want to do this is not so that we can develop kind of some kind of fluffy, uh, namby-pamby self-awareness skill. It's a very, very practical thing. The moment you become a, an observer of your own experience, your capacity to choose what you do next goes through the roof. You are no longer at the mercy of thoughts and feelings. You are not a passenger, you become the pilot. And it's a skill. So that's one of the first things we need to help people that want to be more courageous in their businesses, in their entrepreneurial adventures, is to help them to notice what's going on in real time. I love it. Yeah. I would challenge our listeners to hit pause right now and really think about this for a minute. And, uh, you'll probably come up with a couple scenarios in which, um, you know, you're confronted with this. Yeah. And we're asking your listeners to be really honest with themselves because, you know, there's a lot of pressure on people to look good. Yep. Professional. We want to look successful. We want to look good to each other and we want to look good to ourselves. No one wants to feel bad in and of themselves. So it requires a little bit of humility and honesty to engage in this process is to actually acknowledge and take ownership of the fact that you are a human being that at times holds yourself back. You know, we've, we've got to be willing to acknowledge that with some humility. Yeah, you know, and, and then to write down, you know, write it down. Actually, how do I do this? How do I sometimes hold myself back? What are the things I am not doing? And at that time, what is going on on the inside? They say that when you can name an emotion, mm -hmm. you can tame 
an emotion. Name it to tame it. And it's true. What a lot of people, unfortunately, a lot of entrepreneurs try to do is to get rid of uncomfortable emotions. Yeah. And they say, and I hear this, maybe you've heard this too. They say, Eric, I'll say, people, what, what would you like to get out of this session? I want to be more confident. Mm-hmm. You know, I want confidence. If only I was confident. If I was confident, then I would ask for new business. I would begin new relationships. Hell, I'd ask that girl out or that guy out. You know, I would make all sorts of wonderful things happen, but I'm not confident enough. What you're really saying there is I'm going to defer living and doing things that are meaningful to me until I have certainty that I'm going to get what I want. If only, if only we could get certainty. Unfortunately, we, if we're going to lead really meaningful, purposeful, uh, exciting lives of growth and development and success, we need to be able to take action in the presence of doubt, uncertainty, in the presence of no guarantees. We can't get rid of fear, uncertainty and doubt, but we can dial it down. That's That needs to be our ambition, to, just to manage it a little and then be willing to, to pay the price of living an authentic life. The price of an authentic life is doing what matters to you in the presence of discomfort, willingness. And I'd love to say that this was brand new science that's been discovered in the last five years but this is ancient Stoic wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> 2,000 years ago, they knew, 2,000 years ago, the Romans and the Greeks knew that actually you can't get rid of uh, uncomfortable thoughts and feelings. And it was Seneca who said, the wise man does nothing unwillingly. Nothing. In life, everything you do do it willingly. Don't drag your heels begrudgingly, feeling resentful. Oh, I shouldn't have to do this. Uh, that's, it's not right. It's not fair. Do everything with a willingness. And a willingness means an acceptance of what the situation is. And it's part of that situation is sometimes going to be feeling uncertain, feeling some, some doubt, some trepidation. And I'd go further and say, I bet if your listeners look back in their own lives at the times of which they can be most proud, most proud, I bet those times at which they were most proud involved them doing something that was difficult, something that was challenging, not something that was easy, that they were willing to experience some discomfort. I mean, it could be in the domain of health, you know, actually getting healthy is hard work. It's uncomfortable. There is sweat, effort, and hunger often involved. And it's the same for business, you know, reaching out to people to provide your services, to connect, to collaborate. This can be uncomfortable. Being seen, creating your, your craft, your service, your art, and sharing it with the world when the world may reject it. That comes with risk. But you have, and all of your listeners have more and more proud moments ahead in which they are willing to accept some discomfort, fear, uncertainty, some risk of things not going as well as they would like. 100%. Yeah. Yes. You're, uh, you're talking gold right now, Eric. This, this interview is uh, twice as good as the first time with half as many words. So uh, this is very good. <laughs> You'll be very pleased when you hear this uh, at the end. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to say also just to sort of support what you're saying. Um, kind of another another saying that's very popular is courage is not the lack of fear, but it's taking action in spite of the fear. Yes, it, absolutely. Now, what some people sometimes do is they hear that and they say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's right. I've got to take action in spite of the fear." And the strategy they use to do that is willpower, uh-huh. okay? And they just kind of force themselves. Like, I've got to make the call. I've got to make the call. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick up the phone now. I'm going to pick up the phone. And they use this brute force of willpower. Exhausting. Now, willpower, <laughs> it's exhausting. It, it, isn't it? Isn't it tiring? Yes. It's, and, and actually, willpower is not willingness. 
what you're really saying is, I, I, this is hard and I don't want to pay the price. I don't want to pay the price. I'm going to use brute strength. Willpower has its place. It has its place, but it's not an emotionally intelligent strategy. There are alternative ways to doing what is hard and challenging and difficult, uh, which are more elegant and, as you said, not exhausting. These There are sustainable strategies which can be used in the longer term. A, a very, very quick uh, mnemonic I use to help myself when I'm challenged is uh, is this. So first of all, we were talking earlier on about values and things. You, you've got to know what kind of person you want to be, how you want to show up. So you, we need to do that first. Then once you know that, once you have a, a clear felt sense of the kind of person that you'd like to be, then in your life, when you notice you're being challenged, we do three ends. The first N is, is the noticing. It's the noticing what you're telling yourself. It's the noticing perhaps of, of the feeling. We've got to notice this in real time. The next thing we do is notice the real world. We might touch the table in front of us. We might uh, put our fingertips together and just rub them. You know, just notice the real world. So we get out of our heads and just, just come back. Some people call it grounding. You know, it's just coming back to the real world. That You could push your feet into the ground mm -hmm. and just notice the sensation. Yep. So we're getting out of our heads into our lives. So the first thing is notice. Notice what's happening on the inside and then notice the outside. The second step is to name it. Okay, I'm having the thought that no one's going to like it. I'm having the thought that this will be uh, unbearably embarrassing. I'm having the thought that this will be overwhelming whatever, but we name it. Or I notice uh, fear. I notice uh, anger. I notice uh, I'm afraid, whatever. Yeah. We name it. Yep. So it's notice first, then name. And then the third end is this. It's a question. Now, what would the kind of person I choose to be do? Now, what would the kind of person I choose to be do? So we notice, name, now, what would the kind of person I choose to be do? When we take those steps, it's a, it's a strategy which can dial down the inner world, which holds us back, this fearful inner virtual reality, which holds us all back from stepping forward into bigger, bolder lives. But we're also reorienting critically to what we do want. So instead of being motivated by fear and avoidance, we are now being motivated by what we move, want to move towards, how we want to show up. And that is a sustainable strategy for doing what's difficult in the longer term. I love it. Yeah. And uh, I, like to con I like to connect all that to my purpose as, as you're talking as your third N is what would the kind of person I choose to be do? Yes. Right? Yes. And I connect that to my why, to my purpose with emotion. And mm. um, that seems to be uh, an unending supply of ambition, energy. Well, ambition, maybe not the right word, but. Uh, um, I, I think the word ambition has got a bad rap. And yeah. I think we need to reclaim it, Russ. Okay. I believe in personal ambition. Okay. I want people to, to be really personally ambitious in their relationships yeah. with their partners, with their neighbors, with their family, with their businesses. Be personally ambitious in creating something. And that doesn't mean that it has to be you know, a world dominating business, but it's, it's ambitious on your terms. You might want to grow the best carrots in the state, bar none. Mm -hmm. That could be your personal ambition. You might want to be able to uh, photograph uh, portraits in black and white in a particular style and be and do it in your own unique, authentic way and be really good at that. So ambition, I really want to reclaim this. I think everyone should. What's the alternative? Yeah. To leading a life of personal ambition, oh, sitting <laughs> on the couch, <laughs> eating chips oh. and watching TV. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. and it's interesting. I did hesitate when I said it because uh, 
uh, and I said it uh, accidentally, but it came from somewhere. And I, I caught myself because I didn't want to misrepresent what I was saying um, because mm-hmm. it uh, it did uh, um, I did feel it was had a negative connotation. But uh, I like it what does. you're saying. It's absolutely right. Anybody who is uh, making any kind of progress in their life and excelling in any way has to have some yeah. level of ambition. Yes. And I think what people think when they hear the word ambition is that somehow it means that you have to stomp over everybody else yeah. uh, on your way to achieving your ambition. Of well, course not. You would not be living the kind of life that a person uh, that you choose to be uh, would live. Right. If you were doing it, exactly. if one was doing that. Well, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. You'd, yeah. Hopefully that would be inauthentic. Correct. So, so yeah, no, let's be uh, ambitious. Notice name. Now what with the kind of person I choose to be do? I like that. Three ends. Perfect. So when we were talking about noticing what's going on, I think that you had mentioned three, you had three, there were three steps or something. And the first one was get out of your head. So did we cover those three steps without naming them one, two, three, or was there, or did I, or what? Yeah. Or did no, we skip it? No, the, the, no, it's, it's, it's absorbed into the notice. Okay. So the getting out of your head is, is you notice what's going on on the inside. Yeah. And then you bring your noticing to the outside world. Understood. You know, touch the grounding. And that gets you out of your head. Yeah. Okay. Understood. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So one of the, one of the things that I've mentioned to people that I learned through acting, but it has shown up in various parts of my life and various types of training and relates to this is move and breathe. In my uh, improv acting training, very often we get in our heads and rather than being in the present moment, engaged in the scene with uh, with our actor, with our scene partner or partners, um, we may get in our head and feel different things and those voices pop up or we may not know what we're going to say which, when it's our turn or when it's our turn and all those things, which we're not supposed to know anyways, all right, but all that all that old programming and all those old voices come in and you get, you can get stuck pretty easily. And one of the ways out is to literally move your body and breathe. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're changing the, uh, dynamics, the, uh, um, you're changing the electrical patterns in your brain, the, everything that's happening up there, you're oxygenating yourself, you're, and you're distracting yourself also at the same time. So it's interesting. Uh, it, com- uh, it yeah. comes up and it comes up a lot in, in different areas. Yes, yes. No, no I, I, I love that. And, it, and it's a reminder to me, actually, that uh, sometimes what I teach in my workshops is a, is a three-step approach to getting out of our heads. And yeah. the first step, yes, is noticing that we're in our heads, yeah. that we're telling us stuff. But the second step is to come back into the body. And it's just to bring your attention to being in your body. And as you say, breathing, you could notice your breathing. You could notice what it feels like to to stand where you are. You could move, feel your limbs moving as you move, feel the, the, if you're sitting down, feel the chair around you, but reoccupy your body. And then after you've come into your body, then you can bring your attention to the, what's around you, what's outside of your body. So there's a, it's more of an off-ramp in that approach to getting out of your head. Notice what's in your head, yeah. bring your attention to your body, and then bring your attention to what is immediately outside of your body. That's really interesting. Uh, we also use the technique, almost almost as you described it, to create characters um, in, in, in improv. We literally do the things that you're talking about. Just walk and move really? and notice your body, notice how you are moving notice what you're feeling, um, uh, what thoughts or feelings come into you and, um, and how you can exaggerate and amplify those things and how they relate to whatever your environment is. Yeah. Very interesting. I learned so much and find so many connections with these uh, interviews that I do. And gosh, um, Eric, I just love what you're talking about. I love what you're teaching. It's really amazing. Much of it I have an understanding of based on things that mm. I've experienced and taught and I've learned and and some other guests who've been on here. There's such value in what you're doing. How can people take advantage of your brilliance? <laughs> Let's get that way. <laughs> so How you're, kind. You're speaking, How kind. You're, you're training, right? Yeah. You're, you have so books. I, so let's let's talk do- about that a little bit. 
Yeah, I do. I, I, I give talks about developing courage to organizations because I really want to activate uh, ambition in my audiences. Mm. I want them to, to, to get a, a, an authentic and a, a genuinely deserved sense of just how courageous they can be in their lives. And touch base with that part of them that will, that will motivate them internally. Yes, yes. And these are skills. I think when people realize that this isn't about, you know, you've got to have the right personality or the right character or, or a lot of willpower. Willpower isn't, isn't really a skill. But th- these are skills that people can learn and they can get better at. Right. Absolutely everyone. And, you know, I'm not talking today about the science, but this has been researched to death. Okay, there are over 150 studies shown that when people in workplaces, in working lives, and and with entrepreneurs, when people learn this stuff, they are more effective in their work and they have more fun. They have more fun because they're working with human nature. You know, because it's natural to have a negative mind that holds you back, actually. And it's they're being honest with themselves. Yeah, actually, I've got this mind that likes to procrastinate, likes to put off doing the tough stuff. It's being honest and they're taking ownership of their lives and people do better. A lot of randomized controls uh, trials. And some of your listeners may have heard of the word act before. And and that's the domain, Uh, not acting, uh, Russ, but act it's acceptance and commitment training is the shorthand for that. So I give talks to organizations, teaching people techniques in talks, to give them things that they can take away right away to apply to their lives so they can be more effective in the workplace, have courageous conversations. There's there's so many conversations we need to have which require courage. Asking for help, admitting when you've made a mistake, asking for a pay rise, asking for business, uh, challenging inappropriate behavior, things like this. So a, a successful life is a courageous life. So I give the talks, I run workshops, training programs, uh, showing people, and these are experiential workshops, how they can do it. We practice it. We do it in the workshops. Those are the and best. people apply that. Yeah, and yes. I, you know, you know, if I'm honest, if we're really honest, it's the only way we learn, yeah. really. And it's, through, the most, doing, and it's the most fun for the presenters. Yes. It's better than the who, audience. who wants to give it's a lecture? the audience. <laughs> Who wants to give another lecture? Listen, the, we we have totally all right, Eric. We have listeners who are loving you right now, okay, and they're going to want to get in touch with you. All right, let's give they're us. They're going to want to buy my book. Yes, I hope they're going to want to buy my book, Russ. Give them all the give them all the <laughs> give them all the URLs and uh, lead generation okay. sites and everything. Hit them. So I, I expand on these ideas we've talked about today in my book. Uh, Swipe right on your best self. Simple Steps to a Bolder Life with Fewer Regrets. And uh, look, it's available from all online booksellers. Of course, there's a Kindle version, a paper version. And look, for people who are based in Australia, and I'm sure you've got some, some listeners that are, are down here, oh, yeah. they can get a signed copy from my website, uh, ericwinters.com.au. And if we have people here who would like me to speak in their organizations or run training, which of course is all online, Nowadays, I had no idea this online training would be as effective as it is, but all my workshops and talks are on my website, ericwinters.com.au. Okay, beautiful. The talks that are online, are they behind a paywall? Uh, No. So I I deliver talks in a number of ways. So first off, there are talks that I deliver to organizations and that's, uh, you know, I'll speak for 45 minutes or an hour. So I deliver keynotes. Okay. And that's something that we, we organize amongst ourselves. Uh, but I do have a, about uh, 20 short one to three minute talks on my YouTube channel. And uh, I will send you that YouTube link, Russ. Okay. I'll make sure it's in the uh, it, show notes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's only a couple of weeks old, but it, it's, uh, I've got crazy with that. 20 yeah. to 30 videos. People should have a look. Have a look at those little videos. Right. And uh, like and subscribe if you'd like to keep in the loop. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what they say. Like and sub- that's what they say. Ring the bell. Like and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> engage. Please engage. The algorithm will love yeah. it. Uh, wonderful. Eric, thank you very much. But guess what? We're not done yet. All right. Stand by for the questions. <laughs> oh, I need to do a breakaway just real quick and give a shout out to Will, Tom, and Nate. 
They're three young guys who own ParlorCityFurniture.com. Um, they're just killing it over there. And they're now a sponsor of the podcast, which is awesome. They're helping me outfit a new video studio. And I have a, a cool standing desk. It's motorized, goes from seated to standing. There's pre-recorded or pre-programmed positions also. Um, and we're going to be doing some upgrades in the podcast studio too. So they're super motivated, super cool. Uh, they want to help you. They're very excited about their business. They ship globally. You can find out more at ParlorCityFurniture.com. Back to the show. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> it's time to answer the questions. I double dare you. Well, Eric, it is time for the questions. You've been spitting gold so far. And uh, uh, gosh, what a great personality you have, a great sense of humor. You're a patient man. <laughs> we've uh, suffered the slings and arrows of the of Murphy's Law tonight, and we've survived. We have created yeah. a better, uh, a much better <laughs> podcast than we had going the first time. Uh, I was a little, too, uh, a little too flippant, I think, the first time through, and I got you off on tangents. Um, and our recorded podcast that we now have is so much more listenable but still fun uh and but we're not done yet so a few more minutes here we go the questions question number one under no circumstances Russ. okay very good then i'll ask them all right the questions number one who do yep. people tell you that you look like uh i think let's say uh brad pitt <laughs> you're a good liar <laughs> <laughs> you pulled that. If only. You pulled that no, one out. You know, I, I actually have very little hair. So if anyone is ever going to say, oh, you look like, what they'd say is you look like, look like every other bald guy I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. That's what I look like. All right. Uh, <laughs> has anybody ever come up on the street and said, hey, are you so-and-so? And then you sign the <laughs> autograph for them? I have had someone say, are you someone famous? Oh, my gosh. And. I have had that. That yeah. happened to me but too. I didn't stop. Isn't that interesting? I hope you milked it. <laughs> it was a little girl, and it was a little girl in um, can't remember where it was. Is Nashville or um, I can't remember exactly. It was on the street listening to a street musician, and a little, I've told this story before. A little girl came up to me and says, "Hey, are yeah. you someone famous?" Literally, what you just said. And the mom was off a little bit, standing there smiling away, <laughs> and uh, and I said, "Well, um, I might be, but no one you know. Who do you think I am?" And she didn't. She couldn't figure it out, but she kept asking me who I, you know, if I was someone famous and I, and I, of course I was, you know, I am somewhat infamous in my hometown and my wife says I'm a legend in my own mind. Uh, but she, yeah. you know, the little girl would not have understood all that, but I was kind of hoping she'd come up with a name because I was very curious, but she never did. So, all right. Question number two, yep. um, what is one interesting thing uh, mm. about, um, or, or secret about Australia? What? Right. What's one, oh. what's one interesting thing or a secret about Australia that you know, basically no one else in the world knows about, but you want everyone to know? Oh. And this is interesting because you are a transplant, so you didn't grow up in Australia. So you may have a different, yeah. a different take on this than, uh, than someone who, um, you know, who's, who's, who was, yeah. who's been stuck there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I chose to come down here. So yeah. it's, it's what I would like people to know. It's what I'd like people to know. Yeah. About about Australia, well, it's uh, that's a number of things. I mean, it's very very flat. You know, I I actually came here in order to. One of the reasons I chose come, to come here was not just to warm up, but and speak English because I've been in Germany and mm. was tired of speaking German and being cold. But I also wanted to do some hang gliding. I used to be a competitive hang glider pilot, and I uh, I once had a little bit of fame, celebrity. I was the long distance uh, flying hang gliding champion in scotland once so i was in the news and what have you and i thought i was going to continue my hang gliding career down here and it's flat you kind of need hills oh, it's completely flat this is such an old old continent i get here and it's just flat for thousands of miles so that was that was wow. a big error but they, I, I, they won't let you go to like Sydney and jump off the op, the opera house or, uh, don't they have one of those big eyes no, there or something or some tower you could climb up? They're very, uh, they, 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 they're not fond of uh, people doing okay. that. But what I would say to people about uh, Sydney in Australia is the thing that I, the thing that I like to, I encourage people to do is to come here and do the hike just south of sydney and hardly anyone knows it's there so just south of sydney 
it takes uh, like 45 minutes on the train. There's this huge national park. Uh, it's called the Royal National Park. And you can walk for, you can do the whole thing if you want. It's six hours by the coast, no buildings, no, no people. And you can walk by the sea and you can see whales and dolphins and seals. And uh, there are echidnas on the land. That's a, a kind of like a, a spiky porcupine thing they've got down here. But there's a lot of wildlife. And I just adore going just south of Sydney. And so anyone who's coming to Australia, if they like to walk outside, I tell them, you, what you've got to check out is the Royal National Park just south of Sydney. Hike there. These are Fabulous. Gr- great suggestions. For <laughs> We were talking about uh, Great Britain uh, earlier. Uh, before mm. we recorded, and uh, for a nanosecond, when you said whales, <laughs> I was thinking, oh, yes. "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You can't see whales from there." <laughs> All right, sorry, no, that, you... that was kind of stupid. Um, but it was actually what my brain thought of, <laughs> so I <laughs> can't help it. I don't remember where I saw this, but you had added—I uh, don't know if it was on your uh, LinkedIn profile or some uh, yep. something that you had written. Um, yep. What is Tasmanian alcohol? Oh, it's, it's worth drinking. That's oh, what it so is. it is really a beverage. No, 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 no. So, uh, yeah, I, I put in a little joke there, which has obviously fallen flat. Oh, but Tasmania. Tasmania is a, is a state. Yeah. In Australia, it's a state, and it's 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 a big island just at the very very south. It's the southernmost part of Australia, and in Tasmania, they they create fabulous beers and wines, just extraordinary white wines oh. and my favorite sparkling wine comes from a company called yance uh, oh my goodness it's delicious how do you spell so that we can't use the wedge uh, j-a-n-s-z j-a-n-s-z so delicious and very very affordable if you like bubbles oh. that's where you want to go all right, so uh, Tasmanian alcohol, Jans, uh, is your sparkling wine. Um, yes. Let's see. Here we go. Question number three. If you could have a conversation with any famous person, dead or alive, who mm. would it be? Why would you want to speak with them, and what would you talk about? Yeah, well, earlier on we were talking about uh, the Stoics, yes. you know, those philosophers from 2,000 years, years ago. I would love to talk to one of those stoic greats because we have so little of their writings. You know, we we do have a certain amount. Uh, We've got something, but it's probably like sort of 10% of what what was actually written down. And it's intriguing. There's so much wisdom. They, They didn't have, you know, randomized control trials back then. They just fathomed this stuff out for themselves through just sheer thinking. So I would choose one of the Stoics, maybe Marcus Aurelius, mm. the uh, the emperor, the, the humble emperor and uh, philosopher. He was the uh, he was the guy at the start of Gladiator mm-hmm. that got killed. You remember the film Gladiator? I do, yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he made a brief appearance <laughs> in Gladiator at the start, being killed by his son. Yeah. Uh, which did which didn't happen in real life, but Marcus Aurelius, I would travel back in my time machine, and uh, I'd enjoy some some Roman street food and have a chat with Marcus about Stoicism and how can we better manage our minds, doing what's challenging, uh, but being effective and staying humble at the same time. And uh, and and do that does that summarize his uh, teachings, or is there, is there something specific that uh, oh, come to mind. He, he wrote a book. He wrote a book that all your readers need to read. It's one of these yeah. top fifty books that everyone needs to read before they die. Called it's called it's called Today Meditations, but it was actually just his diary. He wasn't writing a book for publication. He wrote a diary of his own thinking and and his observations about his mind and what he aspired to do more of in life and how he was going to uh, and and just how to how to look at life. So it's called Meditations, and it's yeah. just jam-packed full of wisdom for living. And the best thing is it's small. It's a really small book full of gold, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Beautiful. All right, last question. And uh, so I'm kind of involved in some activities similar to you. I offer uh, Going Boldly Success Coaching. Can I ask you a coaching mm-hmm. question? We'll keep it. We won't go too deep with it. It's something uh, somewhat general. 
You can ask, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love your answer. Okay. All right. So, yeah. uh, uh, and then I'll, um, and, and when you're done, I'll throw, I'll throw in something that, uh, something of myself to kind of balance out the equation for you. Um, what is your one internal obstacle that constantly ne- needs to be addressed? Mm, yeah, there's two, I'm going to share two that come to mind. So one is I'm, I'm a very independent kind of person. So I love my autonomy and I bet a lot of your, uh, solopreneurs are the same. You know, we like charting our own course, doing our own thing and, and I, and I, I thrive uh, doing my own thing. However, in a, if, when you have a successful business life, you really need a lot of the time to collaborate more with others who have developed expertise in different fields. So uh, my career has really taken off when I've been willing, I have to keep fighting this, when I'm willing to collaborate with others, uh, willing to ask for help, willing to admit when I don't know things, when I'm willing to be less independent. Uh, so that's my one of my ongoing challenges. The other one is I have a, an, an ongoing, a, a very quiet ongoing expectation that I'm just about to be criticized, right? It's just, it's just around the corner. It's kind of hovering. And, and on the one hand, it's, it is uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, it's always there. But on the other hand, I do experience a, a sort of joyfulness in my life in that it never happens. And I'm always surprised that, wow, once again, I've got through another day in which it never, it never, <laughs> it never happened. You know, That's the, pretty the, interesting. The, the, I like, I like that a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How about well, you yeah, are, you you're, you're human. You're a human, you are a human entrepreneur. Well, I talk Look, about, I, oh gosh, well, there's so, there's so much I could fill a page. Um, but, mm. uh, all right. So, uh, specific to number one, you being independent, mm. that's a very mm. common thing for an entrepreneur, right? So, and mm. you were talking about leadership today and, um, and becoming a better leader and noticing, right? So we're noticing what's going on with us. We are, noticing it in the real world now as it's happening. So I I look at uh, entrepreneurship and the many attributes that make up a great entrepreneur as a double-edged sword. Sort of like, it's my one analogy I use for almost everything. Double-edged sword, right? One side, Mm. amazing characteristics, um, independent, driven, uh, success-oriented, motivated, likes progress, goal-oriented, um, also likes to work by themselves, right? Doesn't like criticism, is willing to, uh, is willing to come up with an idea and follow it through regardless of any feedback or obstacles or what have you, right? So I'm starting to describe the other side of the sword now, right? Not necessarily always the best things in a group or if you're trying to be a leader of people. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode. You won't believe how long we've talked <laughs> after we hit record again. Uh, so we spent a lot of time uh, together tonight, Eric, and uh, I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. I do appreciate your patience, obviously, for w- what we've been through tonight. But um, you're going to like this episode. You have given some super valuable information, and and you've delivered it in a way that's going to be really easy for somebody to absorb, whether they're just starting out or like myself. Um, you know, I learned a couple things along the way here. Thank you very much for that. Any last words before we go? Russ, no, it's been a pleasure, a pleasure speaking to you. I bet maybe my last word was, is might be that, you know, if people are interested in what I'm saying, don't just look at my website, but, you know, connect on LinkedIn. I am very happy to connect on LinkedIn. Let's share. Let's talk. All right. Well, that's the end for now. Here we go. That concludes another episode of Going Boldly. I hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately. Or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. Please share it with them. You might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode. And it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. 
And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.